0: Hello and welcome to our fourth installment of Construction Risk and Insurance Roundtable. Um, I'm Amanda Leffler, an attorney here at Browse McDowell, who counsels policyholders when insurers deny claims. And I have with me Mark Holland, who is an insurance broker at Highland, who helps policyholders use insurance to minimize their risks. Mark and I do quite a bit of work with construction industry clients. And we've found that many times uh, those in the construction industry maybe don't fully understand their risks and they they don't understand how to make sure they're getting the insurance coverage they need for a particular project. And so that's the purpose of this podcast, Uh, simple, short explanations of some of the key concepts that that will help you protect your business. Uh, We'll keep it brief. We'll keep it pretty high level. Um, Nothing that we say here can really replace uh, the counsel of a good lawyer or broker and this podcast is not intended to be legal or professional advice. So today's topic that we're going to talk about is one that I think is very interesting and and one that comes up frequently in my world and that is additional insured coverage. Uh, So so what is additional insured coverage? Pretty simply, uh, owners, contractors, higher tier folks often require lower tier contractors and subcontractors to name them as an additional insured on the lower tier contractors policies. Um, And what this means is that once you're named as an additional insured, you are allowed direct coverage from your subcontractors insurers in the event of a third party claim. So if there's a, a personal injury, if somebody is hurt or killed on the site or if there's a property damage event, the project is damaged, third-party property is damaged, you, as the additional insured, can seek coverage not just from your own insurer, but also from your subcontractors' insurers. Now, there are specific ways to do this, right, Mark?
1: Yes, indeed. Two primary ways, one is to be named as an additional insured, and that's uh, to be uh, separated from a named insured. You cannot be a named insured under the policy, but you would be an additional insured, and you'd be shown as an additional insured. You can be endorsed specifically as an additional insured. So, if I wanted Amanda to be, if I needed Amanda to become a party to my policy, I would name Amanda Leffler as an additional insured. Or many times, uh, a lot of the larger construction firms, uh, the carriers have an endorsement that will provide that on a blanket basis, basis, subject to whether or not that requirement has been contractually obligated in writing uh, and signed off by both parties. And in which case, if the contract requires it as a, a legal contract, then the insurance carrier will uh, meet that obligation and make that, that party an additional insured under the under the insurance policy.
0: Mark, do you have a recommended way when you talk to your clients as to how they ought I mean, it seems intuitively to me that the less human error that we introduce to the process, the better. Uh, do you have a recommendation you normally give your clients?
1: I, I do. I would I would always suggest uh, to incorporate blanket additional insured uh, within your coverage and your general liability coverage uh, because it's you know human nature is is to to miss things occasionally, and if you miss it and you don't add it specifically, and it's not covered on a blanket basis. Then down the road, you could be called on to provide some protection upstream, and all of a sudden that upstream party is not protected, and now you got to breach a contract, as I said, then we've got to call Amanda up and say, help, help me, please.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So additional insured coverage is usually, or I guess almost always, an endorsement to a policy. And, you know, I, I don't want to spend... This is a complicated area and there's lots of different forms, but for purposes of our discussion what I would really want to convey to our audience is that you really need to know what form you're getting and what what the differences are. So if you're an upstream, if you're a, a higher tier contractor, you can specify in your construction documents the type of additional insured coverage you want. And I'll I'll tell you two key things to be thinking about. So number one is over the years, over the last two or three decades, the additional insured endorsement has evolved and it has continually narrowed the coverage that is provided. It keeps getting smaller. Some of the earliest additional insured endorsements are no longer available in the market. You can't buy them. And I have seen contracts, when people ask me to review their construction contracts, I've seen construction contracts that still designate those 1980s forms that you can't buy. Um, so when you're contracting, one of the things you want to look at is, you know, what am I being required to purchase? Can I even purchase it? But there certainly are still more than one form available on the market. And the most recent form is the most narrow, and if it were me and I were contracting, I would want my lower tier contractors to name me as an additional insured on one of those earlier endorsements that has a little bit broader coverage.
1: You you certainly should and can ask for it in a contract. Uh, You may or may not be able to get it. You may find it very difficult to get, uh, getting a little walky here, the CG2010 1985 version. I see that being requested uh, on occasion and it just... You're not going to get the
0: 1985.
1: You're not going to. You're (laughs) not going to. But you
0: might get the 2004.
1: Yeah. And the
0: 2004 is not so bad.
1: (laughs) So, a couple things to look for. Uh, Number one, additional insured status for the ongoing operations, so the work in progress. And then once the job is completed, uh, going and providing protection for the completed operations. Uh, You need to look at your contract to see whether it's requiring that, and most likely it requires for both. Uh, There are additional insured endorsements that that only provide coverage and protection for the ongoing operations, the work in progress, not the completed operations. So you need to make sure that if that's the case, You've got one of those additional insured endorsements. You should be talking to your broker about expanding that to include complete operations.
0: That's right. And when you're contracting, again, um, if you're a higher tier contractor, you want to contract to require... Both and they're separate endorsements, and I have definitely had cases where, because you, you can imagine, where do claims typically come up? Claims are going to come up three years after the project's done, and all of a sudden they find significant water intrusion damages behind the wall because it's finally bleeding through, and you know all kinds of damage to the roof, and, and you need a total tear off. You know, so it's it's frequently comes up. These big property damage claims come up after the work's completed. If you haven't made sure that you're an additional insured. After the project's completed, you could be you could have a huge gap in your coverage.
1: Absolutely, that kind of speaking about that. Uh, typically, what you're called on to do is provide a certificate of insurance. Certificates of insurance will outline the uh, provisions, the insurance requirements that are that are set up in the contract. Uh, it's not a legal document. It is is strictly only evidence uh, of what the policy says is in there but it gives you no no legal place in that policy Uh, additionally the additional insured endorsement that may be required should be uh, retrieved as well as the certificate of insurance you want to see what that additional insured endorsement is providing make sure it's providing what you expect it to provide from your subcontractor or or if you're the owner from your gc and your subs
0: that's exactly right. You know, certificates of insurance, when, when clients come to me with these issues, they'll frequently say, "Here, here's all I have um, of evidence of additional insurance status. I have the certificate of insurance. You guys, they're not prepared by the insurance company. The insurance company is not bound by what it says in those documents. So and if you read a certificate of insurance, which no one does, I get it, but if you read it, it literally says. This is not binding. <laughs> this is for information only. This, ha- this, you need to read the actual policy in order for you to know what your coverage looks like. So it's really dangerous just to rely on a certificate of insurance. A pretty simple way to protect yourself, you know, as a policyholder lawyer, I would love to say, get the entire policy. But that's frankly not practical uh, in most circumstances. But what you can do is at the time of contracting, you can require those who are supposed to be naming you as an additional insured, you can require them to provide you with a copy of the declaration page of their policy and the additional insured endorsement or endorsements. So show me that you have the limits you promised. Show me that I am actually named as an additional insured. And you can ask that for that at the time of contracting and then again be as a condition to payment. And I know for for many of my clients it's a risk that it, it's something they can't do you know if you're doing a thousand if you're certain clients in certain industries they're doing so much that this just adds an administrative burden that they they can 't handle it, but certainly on larger projects and to the extent that you can that 's the best practice before you actually issue payment. Say, give me your deck page and my additional insured um, endorsements to make sure that I really have what, what I told you I needed to have.
1: And that brings us to one other thing. You would be an additional insured under the policy, but if for instance, I'm the general contractor and I have a sub, and my sub in turn has subcontractors, and they require additional insured status uh, up to their, up to the subcontractor, but me as the general contractor are also relying on the, on the additional insured status down to those sub sub tiers. Uh, you need to look at that additional insured endorsement to make sure that it will respond up through that layer. Because as a general contractor, again, kind of a legal thing here, I, I would uh, hand off to Amanda, but privity a con- mm-hmm. contract would be involved, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. As a general contractor, I didn't have a signed a contract directly with that sub, sub-tier.
0: Right.
1: And you need to make sure that the additional insured endorsement will respond all the way up through.
0: Right. There Is are occasions it, where it doesn't. If you have that blanket and it says, hey, named insured, everybody with whom you've contracted, if that's what it says and there's no further endorsement adding those higher tier developers, owners, generals way up the line, that's not going to provide coverage for those folks. And so it's really just a matter of this is one of those areas that requires you to do a little digging on the front end, uh, make sure your contracts include the language that you really want so you're getting the protection that you think you have. Because, I, I, honestly, I can't tell you how many times I've had clients come in and say, well, I'm an additional insured, and, and in their mind, that means they're covered for everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it may not be the case. Um, and, and this is really, you know, in the last segment we talked a bit about indemnities, uh, that is another area, and you can listen to that podcast, but that is another area, uh, another mechanism by which you can protect yourself with insurance. But additional insurance coverage is the better route. It's, it's the better route, and if you can ensure uh, there's broader coverage there in many, many states, those anti-indemnity statutes that we talked about in the last segment um, don't apply uh, to many of the additional insured coverage issues and so it's it's a broader coverage it's a better coverage and you want to make sure that you get what you're requiring from your
1: clients absolutely
0: so with that we'll conclude this segment uh, as always if you have any questions you can find mark holland at www.hylant.com dot com, and you can find me amanda leffler at www.brouse.com www.brouse, thanks for listening